0: they can't handle the
1: truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Georgia's
2: election probe is advancing with new search warrants.
3: Michael Flynn's whole life is really a story of culture war from start to finish. They're godless, they're soulless. General Flynn, you know, he's the living martyr. This idea that this was spiritual warfare, it's not even an undertone.
4: The battle for the soul of America. Using the church as a tool. In collaboration with the
1: Associated Press.
4: What are you fighting for? God bless, you, God bless America.
1: You, God. Now streaming on PBS.
2: And that is, leadership approach isn't good. And then we start to hear the phrase Flynn facts. The most famous Flynn fact is um, um, Iran has killed more Americans than Al Qaeda. And at the time, people said, but that's demonstrably not true, Um, Al-Qaeda was behind 9-11, and and he didn't back down from it. He stood by it, um, and I think that's really when this idea of Flynn facts took off.
5: Every
1: analyst that ever briefed him came away with a, a Flynn fact. yeah, Things that were not consistent with real facts, real intelligence, and common sense that Flynn passionately believed in. That's what a Flynn fact was. And he had a lot of them.
2: Flynn was forced out of DIA in 2014. He left the military and formed an alliance with Donald Trump in the 2016 campaign against Hillary Clinton. For Flynn, the war had come home.
6: We must recognize that America has enemies in our homeland and abroad. Radical Islam. Metastasizing throughout the world. And we'll lock her up. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Lock her up. Exactly right. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Okay, it's Thursday, twenty October, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty-two. We're what seventeen, eighteen and a we'll wake up to the biggest midterm election. Since 1862, in the early years of the Civil War, I want to bring in General Mike Flynn. He's joined by Vic Meller. They're in Pennsylvania Day. General Flynn, uh, you know, I know you're an altar boy. I was just at a Catholic event the other night that you headlined. Um, and I know your your faith runs very deep, but I never thought I'd see a, a PBS, one of these PBS frontline specials. Now, in association with the Associated Press, that's Mike Flynn's believe- Holy War. Commander, Commander. D- D- Flynn, I knew you. Re- I, kn- I knew you were religious. I always said you were a, a, a spiritual guy. What is Why is he, Why is PBS and Associated Press coming after uh, my good friend and colleague Mike Flynn?
6: Yeah, you know, you know this. Thing. So, first of all, we are here in Manheim, Pennsylvania. We have uh, the Reawaken America tour for the next couple of days. We have five thousand people, and uh, it's just going to be an an, an unbelievable. Uh, you know, obviously, we're here in Pennsylvania, which is a Critical uh, state for uh, the upcoming election. That's you know sort of victory at all costs here. So yeah, they they are they are after me because it, you know they what they fear most, Steve, and you know this well. They fear what they can't control, and and uh, as as uh, we've seen, and for those that watch that PBS Frontline special, you know this is an attack on Christianity. It's an attack on the very foundations of America. Uh, it's an attack on a lot of a lot of issues that we are dealing with this in, in this country. And they you know, like they do all the time, they attack the person and they don't attack the issues that we are bringing to light, you know, to these 5000 people that we're going to have for the next couple of days here in Pennsylvania. And this is our 16th city that we've been in for this Reawaken America tour. So and, you know, one of those pieces of that clip, she I don't know. I don't even know that gal there. Uh, the, the, I think she's a fake journalist she talks about you know Flynn facts and Iran at the time well at the time that I gave that interview we were we were already years into the Iraq war and Iraq was using these explosively formed projectiles killing Americans on the battlefield in Iraq so these people don't have any idea what they're talking about and I'm I'm uh, I'm here with uh, my buddy Vic Meller who who is a uh, the owner and uh, and really the creator visionary for this place called the Hollow uh, out in uh, East Venice, Florida, and you know as you as you and I talked about briefly, uh, we went through a massive massive hurricane hurricane ian and uh and 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 the hollow was was highlighted in the p b s special i don't know if we can show the clip where where the 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 journalist from Rhode Island i guess she was down there. she was probably trespassing on somebody's property, and there was gunfire in the background, trying to make it sound like you know this is a militia place. The Hollow has a program for children for educating children and they actually show it in the thing where where Vic's teaching gun safety and he's teaching children about the constitution I mean it's just it's just unbelievable it's it's an assault on the very foundations of who we are and the other thing I want to mention about Vic here you know let him make a few comments about the Hollow is uh, he's also a former marine and just a great uh Great servant for our country, you know. As you know, Steve, having served in the Navy. Navy,
0: Vic, tell, tell us about tell us about the hollow because they try to come after you guys with doing this education plan, uh, for gun safety for yeah, these kids. Uh, what, well, tell us about the hollow.
1: Well, we obviously sparked the nerve somewhere. Uh, you know, I started the hollow four years ago, and uh, you know, I'm just at that point. You know, the constant berating and everything I, I believe to be true and. And love and about our country I, I just had to do something I had to get it off the sidelines of doing my business and I, you know I bought a piece of property and all I was gonna do initially was uh, just start up a little educational system for kids to give them gun safety and gun classes and then uh, about a year later you know COVID hit and you, you know well, all that, too. And then we rolled into the second school year of COVID. And that's when they kept the mask on our kids. And this is where they're pissed off at me. What happened was, is our liberal school board, you know, they kept the mask back on and the hollow brought all the local conservative groups. together, And we all became one we we brought together 5000 people we got uh, 2000 mass exemptions signed off you know we mobilized over 100 doctors nurses paramedics in a matter of 2 days it was beautiful it was beautiful and uh, you know we got it done and and since that day the hollow act acted as a community hub for conservative groups and you know it 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 helped we bring them all together. for, for a one voice. And, you know, we ended up uh, crushing them in the school board elections. You know, we swept and, uh, you know, and I was proud to be the, you know, you know, a uh, you know, uh, driving force. Oh, no. and, uh, it's a know. big deal. This is one
6: of the, you know, this, this school board, uh, and they mentioned it in the, in the, uh, in this PBS special, you know, how we're getting, you know, Flynn's getting behind all this local action stuff that you heard me say, yep. Steve, you know, local has a national impact. Well, it damn sure does. and, and, uh, you know, I wish we could have a hollow in, in multiple places around the country, if not in every single state. No, because-
0: no, yeah. yeah, that's why they've gone after Vic, because the, the, not only did he set this up, they swept the school board. These school boards are are essential. A couple of things, General. I just want to make sure we get this so you can get it out there because the, the special. Um, you announced on our show you were precinct committeeman, not just, I think, the chairman or become the chairman. You believe in grassroots. You believe in people getting involved, whether it's Vic at the Hollow and then the inspiration he gives local people to take over the school board. You said, hey, I'm going to be a precinct committee man. I'm going to get down there to be like almost a private, right, in in the Army or NCO uh, and and, and show how this works. In the PBS special, they do talk about that and it freaks them out. Why are they so worried? about people of faith and and American citizens and tons of veterans getting involved at the grassroots level, So whether it's a school board or at the precinct level?
6: Yeah, yeah, big time. So, you know, and and as you know, very uh, tactical level, my wife and I, we went and attended a poll watcher training actually last night. So um, we are gonna be at the grassroots level. I mean, the the title, you know, about, you know, the, the part of the title that says, Holy War, I mean, these people are so afraid. And, you know, they've tried to give this tagline of Christian nationalism or Christian nationalist. Hey, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm, I always say I'm an Irish Catholic kid from, you know, up in New England, up in the state of Rhode Island. Grew up as an Irish Catholic kid and, and I'm practicing Catholic. You know, I'm, I, I am a follower. Yeah, if that makes me a Christian, OK, I'm a Christian. And uh, if what they define as nationalist. If it's somebody who loves this country, I love my country. I am going to be fearless about the United States of America. And I know the guy that I'm sitting next to feels the same way about our about, you know, just this patriotic spirit that we have for our country. And these people on the left, on the far left, especially on the far left, this is a this is a Marxist takeover. They have no soul. They don't care about about, uh, you know, the, the, the idea of Christianity. Believe me, these folks, if they have their way, they'll they'll shut down every church just like they did in COVID. And one of the things that that Vic did was he saw that happening, and he basically opened up a place for families to come to. I mean you should see this place I mean you know the crazy thing about it is Steve is they you know they could have like not made Vic here you know and the hollow a national platform, but they did, and I'm glad that they did because we have had we have had events in in his uh in his location it's beautiful, it's a beautiful patriotic place, and they even try to make it sound like you know, when they talk about, well, this Thomas Jefferson quote, you know, which is crazy, but they don't talk about Rosa Parks. They don't talk about, you know, Martin Luther King and other quotes that are on the walls down there. You know, it's just, it's incredible. That's what we're up against, Steve. You know it. The, the, your, your audience knows it. And we have to be relentless in our, in our fighting back against it. And frankly, well, I'm the we're, we're gonna, because-
0: we're gonna send the local level. We're going to send a lot of traffic over to Vic, over to the hollow. Just one last thing. General Flynn, how many years do you spend in the Army?
6: I spent almost 34, just over 33 years in the Army. General Flint,
0: how many, ti- how many times, because I remember you were an assistant to the president, how many times did you swear individually, if you remember, swear an oath to the Constitution?
6: Well, I would say, Steve, multiple times every single one of those years, because I usually did it with uh, reenlistment ceremonies and uh, induction ceremonies, so I- I'd say it's uh, it's, it's
0: hundreds. General Flynn, uh, you hold the Constitution very dear, correct?
6: Near and dear to my heart. I live it and I believe it.
0: Is there anything you've been doing on the reawakening tour or anything you've been doing in, in, in work, uh, help, helping people reawaken to the basic foundational documents of this country or the foundational elements of this country that you think goes against anything on your oath to the Constitution, General?
6: Yeah, no, absolutely not. In fact, we live this this Reawaken America tour is all about our rights, especially our freedom of speech. It's our ability to be able to speak freely and talk about the things that are just God's honest truth. Steve, I mean, you know, we 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 uh, cover a range of issues on these uh, on these uh, tours here. I mean, everything from health, you know, our health security and our health needs to our ability to to speak freely. We have a number, I mean, we've got, here we've got Mike Lindell is going to be here, Cash Patel, uh, Eric Trump is here. I mean, we have so many, so many people that are going to be visiting with us here these next couple of days that are going to be speaking about all the things going on in the country. And we always invite, you know, we we have all the mainstream media, all the mainstream media is going to be here as well. We invite them all the time. They just so happen, Steve, to come to this one, because I think this uh, PBS Uh, Frontline thing, you know, has got them, got them, got their attention. And they know it backfired because when they attack Christianity, what they don't realize it or, or maybe they do, but they're stupid if they don't, if what they don't realize is that's the largest voting block in the country. And these people are going to vote this time around. They're going to come out in droves.
0: We want everybody to see this film. I got it pinned up on, on the lead at, uh, my lead at Getter whenever I see it. Mark, real quickly, how do people get to The Hollow? How, how, how they found out about your work, not just The Hollow, but what you guys did to inspire the takeover of the local school board. Where do they go, and what's your social media?
1: The social media for the forever free, the 5013C, is the hollow number 4 kidscom And then the political side is the hollow 2 acom so the hollow4kids.com, it's the hollow
0: 4kids.com,
6: hollow2a.com.
0: Okay, we'll make sure we get that in all the chat rooms, and we'll have that up on, on the screen. Mike Flynn, the Reclaim America, where do people go for that? And then I want to know your social media so people can follow you. Where do they go to Reclaim first? If they're in the area and they can still come and get a ticket, we'll make sure right. that place is packed all weekend. Where all do right, they go?
6: Matt yeah it's uh time to freeamerica.com time to freeamerica.com and uh we we are sold out here although although if people show up i guarantee we'll fit them into this place but we we've, we've got uh i just came from the from the site to do a recon we've got about 5000 chairs in there and uh we our next one is in uh, uh branson missouri coming up in uh about 3 weeks and then we have another one in nashville following that after the holidays we're going to continue to drive forward so time to free com, and then and if they want to find yeah. me general generalflynn.com general com, and, and uh is is and and
0: they'll know is it, is I'm it clay is it is it clay is it clay clark is a clay Clark's your, your partner of that is he the one that puts it together
6: yeah yeah clay clark clay clark is a, terrific a great guy great guy wonderful. Uh, he's wonderful
0: fantastic guy really really one one of the great patriots general flynn mark Mellor, thank you for joining us here in the battleground. Good luck uh, with the uh, up in Pennsylvania over the weekend, sir. And we're going to push this movie, Mike Flynn's Holy War out. Big league. Thank you, General Flynn.
6: Commander of the Holy War.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay. I want to go to North Carolina 13 and to Bo Hines, who's run down a tough congressional race there. Bo, tell us a second, give us a, a, a minute or two about your district, about that part of North Carolina and about the citizens down there? Can you tell, you know, the cities, the geography, what are the folks like down there?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we have half of Wake County, which is actually half of downtown Raleigh. But then we have three very conservative counties outside of that. We have Johnston County, otherwise known as Joco. We have most of Wayne County and most of Harnett County. You know, this is the most competitive Republican-leaning seat in the state of North Carolina. But, you know, we're working hard. I was just out at early voting locations today. Early voting started here in North Carolina today. And, you know, it's just, it's immensely rewarding to see how many conservatives and Republicans are pouring out to the polls. I mean, they are fed up with what is going on in this country. And we're seeing it on the first day of voting in person.
0: Look, you got uh, some of the nicest folks in this country in North Carolina, the Tar Heels. is just an amazing, amazing place. Not just the beauty, but the folks there are so nice. Walk me through your constituents. So what are what's on top? What's the top of people's mind? We're hurtling down to this. We say the most important uh, midterm since 1862. When you go around and shaking hands, going to the cafes, the coffee shops, what are folks telling you? What, what's what are they looking for in a, in a representative and what's at top of mind for them right now?
3: Well I mean they're looking for someone with common sense that actually takes the time to get to know you know what they're dealing with in their everyday lives which we have for the past year we've met so many tremendous people in our district but they're hurting i mean the biggest issue right now is obviously the the economy i mean with 8.3% inflation that's the equivalent of one month's salary uh, you know, for, for the American people, I mean, that's unsustainable. It's ridiculous. People can't afford their groceries. They can't afford, you know, gas at the pump. They can't afford their everyday needs. And, you know, especially our farmers in our rural communities of this district, the input costs have skyrocketed. You know, they're barely scraping by making profits this year. It's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, Steve, we also hear a lot about crime. People want to make sure their streets are safe. They want to make sure their children can play outside without, without fear of being harmed. And, you know, parents also want to say in what their children are taught. So we hear a lot about education. They don't want the government telling them what their children should learn in school or what age they should learn certain material. They're fed up with their children being sexualized, you know, in public schools. And they just want to see all of this ridiculousness end.
0: Uh, let's play the spot. We have a spot I want to play, and then I want your comments about it afterwards.
2: Remember when you could afford gas, groceries, and electricity? When store shelves were stocked? When children were educated, not indoctrinated? When our borders were secure, our streets safe, and our economy was healthy? Bo Hines has the vision and plan to restore American prosperity. Bo will downsize big government, cut spending, and reduce taxes and regulations
3: to create better jobs with bigger paychecks. Visionary Leadership. Bo Hines for Congress. I'm Bo Hines, and I approve this message.
0: Well, here's the question. We're going to have Mark Mitchell on here in a moment, the head of polling for Rasmussen. They have a poll just out today that two-thirds of the nation think that Joe Biden's got the country on the wrong track. Only 20 percent, and this is the lowest number I ever remember seeing, and I've been in this business a while, only 20 percent believe it's on the right track. When you're out there and and with your opponent, how does your opponent separate themselves from what the radical Democrats and Joe Biden, the Joe the Biden regime? has done to the country to turn off not just MAGA, not just the Trump supporters, but I mean a broad swath of independents and Democrats.
3: Well I mean he's completely alienated most of the American people. I mean they've seen they've seen the incompetency of his administration. They've seen they've seen what his failed policies have done to the American people with skyrocketing inflation. We've seen the rampant illegal immigration, you know, the flow of fentanyl into our communities, which is destroying you know many American lives especially in our rural communities. You know, people are just done with this administration. They're done with the incompetence. And they're done with the lies, quite frankly. You know, I would love to have Joe Biden come to my district and campaign for my opponent because, you know, he's the most unlikable president we've had in a long time and his policies have failed. His ideas have failed. And unfortunately, the American people are paying the consequences for that. But they're gonna let him know that they are ready for change at the ballot box this November. We're excited to see what's in store and you know, we think it's gonna be a great election cycle for us. In
0: in your opponent, just a, a proxy vote for 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 Biden. Essentially, the really does, I know they always try to run as an independent and as a moderate Republican during his campaigns, but in reality, they, they support that they support the agenda a thousand percent. Correct?
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, my opponent's actually a California liberal that moved to North Carolina, jumped in the state senate. He boasted about having the most progressive liberal voting record in the state Senate for years. But now he wants to run as a moderate all of a sudden when, you know, the election cycle is not in his favor. So the American people are smart. They see through all the lies and deception. And, you know, I think they're going to come out in a massive storm to the polls. And we're already seeing it just on day one here with in-person voting in North Carolina. And they're going to let these Democrats know that, you know, they're done with the failed agenda. They're done with the Biden administration. And more importantly, they're done with the lies uh, that they've been sold by the Democratic Party for decades at a time.
0: Bo Hines down North Carolina, 13. How do people find out more about the campaign, Bo?
3: Absolutely. Please visit our website. It's Bo4NC.com. That's Bo with the number 4NC.com. You can follow us on social media anywhere at Bo Hines or Bo Hines NC. Get out and vote today if you're in North Carolina. We need you.
0: Bo Hines, thank you for taking time away from the campaign trail to join us. Appreciate it.
3: Thanks Steve.
0: Okay. We're going to go to El Paso, Texas now uh, with Irene Jackson. Irene, you're in one of the tougher races in the country because you're really going up against, I think one of the most radical congressmen in, uh, in the country. Uh, Walk us through, walk us through your opponent, what her positions are and what it's done uh, for, for the citizens of El Paso.
2: Well, it's, it's, a uh, Democrat as usual. you know She aligns with the Biden administration 100%. She's also a proxy vote for this administration. The negate, of course, that, that we have a, a crisis here in El Paso, even though people are coming in by the thousands. I get pictures and videos from Border Patrol agents on a daily basis. They're frustrated. My husband, who recently retired from Border Patrol, told me, um, you know, we took a oath to prevent illegal immigration and now we're welcoming it. And that is egregious to a a new level. We don't know what is coming in. People are just being—they take a picture, they do their thumbprint and that's it. And right now we even have the Venezuelans um, protesting on the Mexican side demanding to be allowed in when we already know that Venezuela has emptied their jails and that is exactly what they're sending. And of course, Veronica, instructed the mayor, uh, Lisa, Oscar Lisa, to not declare an emergency to be able to get the federal funds that we need in order to, to deal with this crisis that is a self-inflicted wound. And um, the, the American public, especially here in El Paso, Hispanics, they're tired. They can't hide it anymore. When they go and pump the gas, when they go and buy groceries, empty shelves and high prices on everything, it's hurting everybody across the board.
0: Well haven't hasn't the Congressman worked with the Biden regime to basically make uh just basically make El Paso the kind of throughway that everybody's coming through? I mean it just we actually were part of the, the group that built the wall down there when the Border Patrol told us it was the most dangerous crossing for the uh, for the cartels. But it's exploded since then. So what's going on? Is the congressman working to do that?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's even uh, proof that she's gone to the Mexican side, even before it exploded in the numbers that it did in 2019. Um, There's proof where she sent staff across the border in order to train the people as to what is the verbiage that they're supposed to use when they come across Border Patrol agents. And you know, we jokingly say, you know, we remember when uh illegals would run away from Border Patrol instead of running to them. And um I got a video of the uh the Border Patrol agents that are just videotaping these people just walking across the the river and they're supposed to process them. This makeshift um, welcome center is full of city employees, county employees. We have ICE agents. This is ICE is supposed to be deporting illegals and they're working with for this administration to welcome illegals. If this is not a slap on the face for Americans, I don't know what is. Has
0: the has the Hispanic American community in El Paso woken up to the fact that they're getting played by the Democratic Party?
2: Absolutely, uh, we are. We sent a mass outreach last week, and we're doing the polling as we speak. In, in the, we expected the independents to respond favorably, but the light blues, the the people with a little bit of common sense and reasoning, are actually responding a lot better than even the independents. And we want to make sure that we reach every voter in El Paso. I just wish the Republicans would wake up and invest in my community because what the republicans are actually telling the people from el paso is you don't matter border patrol agents that work in el paso you don't matter because we're not even talking about you at this point we have a wicked congress member that aligns with this regime 100 percent, and the republicans stick their nose in the ground we have no help from the republican party and to be honest with you uh, Steve, I am sick and tired. I, of course, I expect it from the Democrats, but when it's your own party and those that are supposed to be on your side, it's. I feel like a salmon swimming um, against the current. At what? But I know, I know that Hispanics are, are uh, conservative because I am conservative because my parents, my aunts, my cousins, they're all coming to vote Republican and many of them for the very first time. I just wish the Republicans would wake up, but there is hope in El Paso. And it is on November the 8th when all these people in droves that are mad and they're angry, they're going to go and they're going to vote for me and they're going to vote for yeah. every Republican down the ballot.
0: And, 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 hang on for one second. We're going to hold you through the break. We'll sure. bring you back. We've got Mark Mitchell from Rasmussen. We have Darren Beatty from Revolver and, of course, the great Dr. Bradley Thayer, all next in the war room.
6: battleground with
1: Stephen K. Bannon.
0: Irene, um, give your, a site, where do people go? You've got a lot of support in this audience, as you know, uh, and you've still got a long way to go. It's three weeks. Give, give us your site. How do people find out more about this campaign? Because this is one of the tougher ones in the nation, but it's also one of the most yeah. important. El Paso is a fantastic city. i spent a lot of time there. I love El Paso. I love the folks down there. And you're right. If we put the resources in, in back of a fighter like you, uh, we can flip El Paso. So where do people go?
2: You go to IreneforCongress.com. IreneforCongress.com. And like I said before, call me directly. Many of your listeners actually call me and I answered each one of them. My phone number is nine one five four nine four two eight five one. If I don't answer, leave a message, send a text. But more than anything, give it all you got. When you send your donation, it's all going to the campaign and Opposing this socialist radical incumbent. We gotta take her out. She started attacking my children. She started attacking Jesus Christ with filth, with vulgarity, and we cannot stand for that. So it's Irene for Congress.com 915-494-2851.
0: You're a brave woman, Irene, to give your name number out on war room, but hey, you're tough. That's what it takes in. You're El Paso tough. So Irene Jackson, thank you very much. Yeah, Honored to have you, you on here. Thank you. God bless you all. Very good. Thank you, ma'am. Let's go to, I got Mark now, Mark Mitchell over at Rasmussen. Mark, you guys have come out with a bunch of new polling, right track, wrong track. Uh, you're doing a generic ballot, all of it. Walk us through, you guys are pretty good. I think you may be the best MAGA overall. Where do you think we stand with, was it 17 and a wake up, 18 and a wake up, inside of three weeks? Where do you see this? Where do you see the landscape right now? And is it starting to shift in one direction?
5: Well, I see it certainly better than the last time I was on your show. So to recap, the generic ballot's been you know as high as plus 13 a year ago for the Republicans. And then bit by bit as things happen, that lead has been chipped away. And we got to a period a couple of weeks ago where Republicans only in our poll had a one to two point lead. Uh, and I think you remarked, well, why aren't they at, at like plus six or something? And then sure enough, as of last Friday, Republicans are back to a plus seven lead. Now, if you ask me, is that gonna hold up looking at the numbers I see this week? I say, maybe it's gonna tighten up to four or five. Um, but I think one of the things I said last time was generic ballots, not the only thing you would look at. And I'd even go one step farther and say, it's not the first tool in my tool shed that I pick if, if, if I were trying to generally predict the outcome of elections. And I think some of that might be because maybe things, even though they're polarized are a little bit less Red team, blue team, and I'll throw out one example. Um, uh, you know, speak uh McCarthy getting up there and saying that if, if he was gonna become speaker, he he sees no in, impeachable offenses for anybody. And I'll tell you, the voters absolutely a hundred percent like disagree with that. Three-quarters of Republicans, half of independents, and even a third of Democrats supported impeaching Joe Biden, at least somewhat. So Really big dichotomy there, but a third, you know, a third general- of
0: a third of Democrat. Uh, hang on, a third of Roger Democrats think he should be think he should be impeached.
5: Yeah, thirty two percent at least somewhat support impeaching Biden. Yes, so uh, I mean,
0: here's what, Yeah, but here's what. I was, hang on, here's what I just wanted to say about this because I think we are the leaders in the impeach Biden, and I think what Kevin said, and I think this is true, and I support this a hundred percent. We should not impeach Joe Biden for political purposes or political reasons. That's not what this is about. After appropriate investigations by different House committees, if it comes up that in the process of that, like the hard drive from hell and things like that, that there are impeachable offenses, then it has to go to the next level. I, I, I am very uh, confident that in the spring and summer of next year, we'll be talking about the charges of Articles 1, 2, and maybe 3 for a bill of impeachment against Joe Biden but we're far from there yet and i think voters ought to yeah. know before they go to the polls on November 8th they're not they're not look we're not looking to turn this into a we want to put the trump era of political impeachments in back of us and just deal with high crimes and misdemeanors but you're saying that that you think that's a you think that's a front burner issue with folks
5: well No, but I see things like that statement that got a lot of press time, and I wonder if they're accretive for the general Republican message. So I think part of how this thing shakes out, especially for the Senate, is it comes down to individual races. We're starting to pull states now. Uh, We're coming out with Nevada tomorrow. We're coming out with PA and Georgia next week. Um, But if I'd have to say a general trend, I'd say Trump outperforms the generic ballot in these battleground states and your average republican candidate underperforms the generic ballot in those states but it looks like in in most cases still potentially has a lead hold it. um hold but if you hang at, on.
0: that's a hold on but yeah. that's a, that's don't bury the lead cuz that's a scoop give me that again in battleground states with Rasmus. when you guys go through this trump outpolls the republican candidate
5: we're releasing nevada tomorrow trump does better than generic ballot the candidates do worse I'm not going to tell you the numbers. Is the People generic
0: to ballot... i out tomorrow. Okay, okay, I, I got it. No, it's going to be a blockbuster. Trust me, it'll be on Drudge in the... <laughs> Let me just ask you, the generic ballot, the generic ballot, I don't want to break your scoop because it's going to be huge. Your generic ballot in Nevada, is that an R plus uh, seven?
4: It's a little higher. So, and then Trump's the
5: you, one, You're saying... Uh, Trump is in double is. digits
0: yes. in Nevada. Yeah, brother, uh, you yeah. break some news already. I mean, you know, uh, well what,
5: what time Arizona, of the morning is? Like
0: no, we did I just well saw that. Arizona Mark, what time Republican is
5: it? Primary, I think we're dialed in, and I think that's what the results, you know, are going to be. Um, you know, no, still I, a couple weeks. But
0: I think you guys are some of the best. Let me just ask you, Mark. What time tomorrow morning would the Nevada poll be up?
5: Uh, i th- uh, I think it's a noon story. Um, but I came on here to talk, you know, the midterm elections and there is one like critical yep. indicator. I mean, I've, I think now is the time to start comparing it sort of four years over four years. Like how do we look in 2018? Okay. And so in 2018, the Democrats, okay. you know, picked up a little bit, uh, and you know, it was pretty much a wash. The generic ballot was a dead heat. Um, but there were you know, the other things. There was were, were no difference in voter enthusiasm across parties. And you know, Trump approval was low, but between now and then, Biden approval is lower than Trump's was then. The Republicans have more of a lead than Democrats did then. The right direction, wrong track is seven or eight points wider than it was then. But here's the big one. So in our most recent polling, we asked how likely is it that Republicans will win control of the US House of Representatives in the upcoming election? Two-thirds of voters, 67%, say at least somewhat likely. Uh, only 17% say not likely. And only 5% say not at all likely. Wow. So to me, uh, that's wow. 11 points more than it was in 2018 for Democrats. So people look at this election wow. and they say, like, I don't care what I see in the news. I don't care what NBC tells me the Democrat lead on the generic ballot is. Republicans are probably going to win it um, pretty comfortably. So Republicans... of Republicans say it's likely they're going to take control of the House. But also, what's this, 56% 56 of Democrats. So a majority of Democrats say, yep, Republicans are going to own the House. And even for the Senate, that number is 42% of Democrats think the Senate's gone. So uh, 59% of independents, uh, only 8% of of independents. 8% 8% of Democrats say it's not at all likely the GOP is taking the House. So to me, this is the strongest signal I've seen that things are, are looking good for um, you know, Republican control of both houses. Now, you can't crunch this into an algorithm and compute plus 23 or something like that. Um, but, I, I mean, it looks pretty good.
0: Mark, do you think that those numbers, when you see them, will that affect turnout of Democrats? or Democrats starting to get despondent when they are actually answering 56% think that that we'll win? Uh, And we're very enthusiastic, obviously, at 86%, but do you think that some of those responses actually hurt their turnout to make this thing kind of self-fulfilling? I think
5: that's the key thing here. If you ask somebody if they're going to vote for a Republican or Democrat, they're going to say Republican or Democrat, and you look at the Republican and Democrats' responses, Republicans say Republicans. Democrats say Democrats. But then you ask them other questions like, are you definitely going to vote? And people are going to say yes, even if they're not going to vote, right? But here, like we're asking them who's going to win and pretty much everybody says Republican. So uh, that's a strong signal. And it shows Democrats, you know, by and large, think there's a really good chance Republicans are going to win House and Senate. So You know, how much is that going to suppress the vote? I don't know, but it's certainly a very strong indicator.
0: Mark, how do people get to you and on social media and your site and how do they get ready for this noon? Because this will be pretty much this will be the weekend blockbuster poll in Nevada, yeah. wow. where do people go? Yeah, we're
5: gonna drop a lot, a lot more polls over the, the coming week or two. Uh, your help last time was you know, very thankful in getting people to our YouTube and getting subscribers. I would love more of that, but in YouTube, we link to our other places too. Uh, one of the things is that your viewers can come and sign up for a free daily email from our website that covers all of our polls. And YouTube is just free content. You know, our, our, we, we have a, a paywall for our stories, but come and I talk about these polls and show you stuff that you can get for free. And it's in a real shareable format. And the one I did today on this topic is, is doing really great. So people like to see that there, there's bad news for Democrats out there.
0: Well, I tell you, Mark, people really uh, loved going to YouTube channel. We get tremendous positive feedback from the audience. That's why we want to have you back on frequently. You guys are fantastic. You Do a lot of great Thanks. analytical work, and that's what's needed now more than ever. Mark Mitchell, WrestleMans. Thank you, sir. Honored to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you. One of our favorite sites, obviously, is Revolver News and the great Darren Beatty. Darren, we're kind of jammed for time, and I got two stories I want to make sure everybody reads. And I promise you, we're going to get to that fashion story. We're going to make a big deal about Darren Beatty and Steve Bannon going to go through fashion. Uh, but now, first off, a Fetterman. You just heard of the polling here. You know, we've been we've talked to candidates. You got a sense of the, where the country is. Fetterman, Biden was just up in Pittsburgh and Fetterman's there in a suit that looks like it's four sizes too big. But he also doesn't speak beforehand. He's just kind of wandering around like he's, you know, like he's he's not all there. Right. To be blunt about it. Give me your uh, tell me about your story on Fetterman.
7: Well, we've got a pretty devastating piece that just dropped on Fetterman. In fact, some people are saying, look, he deserves it, but it might even be too brutal. But the framing is very simple and very justified and very powerful. Basically what it does, it is intersperses Fetterman's performances and interviews and statements and such with the original conception of what the Senate should be as envisaged by the Founding Fathers. And I think no juxtaposition can more powerfully illustrate not only the decline of the country, but the decline in the nature of the democracy itself. It's, it's really striking when you look at what the founding fathers actually thought the Senate would be, and just you know, it it, it 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 the contrast is so profound that it actually has a comedic effect more than a tragic effect, which is interesting.
0: Is this because of the stroke? And, and we you know we've got Joe Allen up in the Commonwealth now because we say he's the first cyborg candidate ever to run because it's not this, right. the thing's not a closed caption. It's yeah. actually man machine merger. To be honest. And people have to be honest about that. Is that what your beef is? Is that what you guys walked through?
7: Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, with all sympathy for his medical condition uh, granted, um, the stroke certainly, <laughs> certainly doesn't help. Um, I think we're dealing with a candidate who's a complete failure and a disaster to begin with. But then you add an act, you know, really devastating stroke that basically prevents him from even, you know, functioning in any kind of baseline cognitive capacity and what you have is a very sad situation this this is what gets to the sort of the analytical um, side of the piece which is that you know you see this trend with Biden who also is not exactly at his cognitive best and many others and it's just in one way they're presenting these people as oh the more screwed up they are the more presumably they're able to relate to people, which is a very condescending way to think about uh, their their voting populace, But also, it's just such a fake version of populism, because when you have people that um, decrepit and that non-functional, you know that the handlers are running everything. And so I think the most critical line from the piece, other than the really interesting stuff about the founding fathers, is to say Fetterman represents a different and base version of populism. He represents the populism that admits American society is falling apart and leaders should be elected who reflect that collapse, but in mind, body and soul. His Senate campaign doesn't rest on sharing the values or experiences of the public. Instead, it rests upon this premise. Hey, have you noticed America is increasingly full of obese, slovenly, tatted up, jobless people? Well, hey, here's the biggest obese, slovenly, tatted up, jobless person of all. And it really reflects a misreading of what populism could be and should be. It's incredibly insulting to the people he's asking to vote for him. And it's insulting to the original design of what the Senate should be. And it's insulting to every American, just the very possibility that somebody this screwed up could enter the Senate. And so it's just a disaster on every dimension you can possibly imagine, Um, but You know, people are, this piece is getting a tremendous response. Go to the piece, read it, it's very shareable. People are interested in the Founding Fathers, interested in the Senate, and interested in the disaster that is Betterman the Cyborg. Uh, You gotta get this piece, it's white hot.
0: i tell you what, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna talk to you afterwards. We'll get you back on tomorrow about the Chinese piece because it was prescient and it's important and it's powerful and I, I wanna take more time, hang on, but I wanna, everybody go read this piece. And remember, Fetterman crushed Connor Lamb two to one. Connor Lamb had beaten Parnell. Connor Lamb, you think, would be mark one, mod zero of a candidate for the Senate. Fetterman blew him out of the water. I mean, the Democrats picked this guy on purpose. The Dem- this shows you about the Democratic base in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania because they picked Fetterman. Uh, and by the way, even when he had a stroke. Darren Beatty. how did they get to Revolver? How did they get to your social media?
7: Revolver.news, as always, we've got several really, really white hot pieces, including the Fetterman piece and the China piece that we'll discuss tomorrow. I'm at Twitter at Darren J. Beatty, and we're at Gitter at Revolver News.
0: Darren, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I want to finish the show with Dr. Bradley Thayer. We're having it. Dr. Thayer, give us your assessment of Xi's speech on, on Sunday. I found it chilling, but we wanted to have you on to give your assessment, sir.
4: Well, Steve, great to be with you again. Um, I've uh, written a piece uh, that I call Thinking Like a Communist, uh, which really captures uh, my thoughts on uh, the 20th Xi Jinping speech to the 20th Party Congress. There are three elements there that are important that show that Xi is taking China in a very belligerent and aggressive uh, direction. First, he's making a change in terms of what the party has set for itself, what they call the centenary goals from um, essentially having a moderately prosperous China to a modern socialist country, which means in their own mind, they're capable of international leadership and they want to drive international leadership, setting the rules, the norms, the standards of international leadership. Second point, Um, He's, this is a Marxist who takes Marxism very seriously, and that's very important for your audience to understand, for audiences around the world to grasp. He takes uh, communist ideology, um, and and he's a fervent believer uh, in it, and he sees his own contributions to that to be the equal of uh, Mao Zedong, essentially the heretofore dominant figure uh, in the Chinese Communist Party. Thirdly, um, belligerence is the order of the day. The speech uh, is uh, targeted in terms of its international dimension at the United States and its allies, as well as, of course, at Taiwan, as you've stressed, of course, uh, multiple times uh, on your show. So it's quite alarming, but we should recognize it's the fruits of the ideology. The fact that this guy is a Marxist and his ideology is driving. Uh, his aggression, and it reveals his intent for China, that China is now capable of replacing the United States and can push the United States not only out of the Indo-Pacific area, but um, through targeting the American homeland, of course, and bringing about the changes that he wants in the U.S. as well. So very significant 20th Party Congress speech. We're going to be living with this for a long time. This is the equivalent of Stalin's speech. Joseph Stalin gave a speech February 9th, 1946, which is memorable because it's the start of the Cold War. Stalin said capitalist countries can't live peacefully with um, uh, communist countries, with Marxist countries. There's conflict is inevitable. And the Soviet Union needed to recognize that and prepare for it. Uh, So that speech launched the Cold War. Churchill's speech was a response to that, as well as, of course, um, uh, Kennan's long telegram was a response uh, to Stalin's speech. So we've had something the equivalent uh, in terms of Stalin's speech and, and Xi's 20th Party Congress speech very important uh, speech we're going to be living with the consequences of this for a long time but he's revealed his hand uh in terms of his direction
0: dr thayer how did people get your book your new book about understanding this and how do they get to your all your writings
4: uh, Understanding the China Threat, which I co wrote with Lian Chao Han, is available at Amazon. And you can uh, get my writings, of course, at uh, Bradley Therrett Getter or Bradley Therrett Truth or Yi Bao uh, on Twitter at, at Yi Bao underscore EN, which is, of course, the English version of Yi Bao, which is a great site for folks to look at, uh, full with uh, a lot of uh, Chinese dissidents and, and strong critics of the Chinese regime. Yeah. Thanks, Steve.
0: Uh, Dr. Thayer, thank you. We're going to have you back on to go through this uh, connected dots of Stalin to Kennan uh, to the uh, Churchill's speech because we're in it now and they couldn't have been more brazen. Dr. Thayer, thank you very much. Tomorrow morning in the war room. Stand by. We're going to be on fire as well. What? 16 days in a wake up away starting tomorrow. See you tomorrow in the war room.